Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Hot Routes and Hot Takes Fantasy Football Podcast, where we will take a deep dive into the NCFFL in all its glory, providing you, the GMs, the fans, hot takes and predictions sure to stir up controversy all along the fantasy football season. My name is Joe Norton, and along for the ride is Jared Campbell. Let's go! All right, welcome into week six episode of Hot Routes and Hot Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. I am joined tonight uh, by a good friend, Mr. Uh, Brooks Hayslip. We call him Slip. Y'all know him. As you guys know, uh, Jared is off on assignment in London uh, doing some work with his his wife. I'm assuming he's probably babysitting the entire time. And he is going to uh, sprinkle in a little bit of a Panthers game as they are out in London. I, I don't even know who they're playing. Who they're playing, Slip? Tampa Bay, baby. And why don't you say hi to everyone? Introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. You know me well. The one and only. That's all I got. Excited to be here. I'm sure you are. As we asked you a couple weeks ago to join us and fill in for our, uh, our co-host there. So we do appreciate that. I'll say that on behalf of Jared and... I uh, got a couple things going on. You know, we're watching a little App State play uh, Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. And all you Panthers fan know, um, Jake Delhomme, actually a Raging Cajun, if I'm correct. Is that right? Yeah, that's bad memory, Joe. We can't talk about that. I lost a birthday <laughs> to Jake Delhomme. Ouch. Yeah, really did. Well, uh, App State is uh, that's, that game's actually tied right now, seven to seven. We might give some uh, updates as we go on, but they're in the middle of the third quarter right now, so hopefully App State can pull that victory off. Um, but we got a lot of things to cover this time. We're going to go through our uh, our rapid fire recap, looking over week five. Then we'll get into some good, bad, ugly. We got our boomer bust of the week as usual. Um, got a we we actually did get a mailbag question, so actually Ooh. somebody called in and uh, sent us a voicemail. So we'll get to that in our voicemail segment. Then we're going to continue on with our segment called "You Make the Call." Going to toss you a couple names, and you got to act as the GM and see which guy you would start, which one you wouldn't start. May spend a little time on waiver wire reaction. Not too much that occurred this week in the NCFFL. Um, but we might just cover a couple things there. And then finally, we'll cap it off with a week six matchup. So are you ready, Slip? Let's do it. All right, buddy. Let's go. It's time for the weekly rapid fire recap. Welcome into the Week 5 Rapid Fire Recap. We're going to go through all the games in Week 5, the winners, the losers, things that occurred. And, ah, Jesus, it was quite a week slip. Quite a week, buddy. Not mad at it. Why don't you get us started? Let's see. Where do we start out? I think we're going to start out with Connor Ayer, Mr. Bradley Pizel, against points versus wins, Mr. Michael Morton. Um, not going to lie, as a guest commentator, I'm allowed to be biased when it comes to how I felt like I need things to go. I was really pulling for Brad right here because, again, I'm not trying to be a, a romper wearer. So, 
uh, was, re- <laughs> was really pulling for the old Rumi to pull this out. But unfortunately, uh, he got dominated a little bit, uh, probably because here's the key number. Shout out to Jared for the number game. Number two, no, we're not talking about the number of goose eggs that Brad's players put up, Mr. Sammy Watkins <laughs> and Mr. Joey Sly. Uh, we're also not talking number two, the number of times per week that Mr. Mr. Pizel might have needed a back shave back in college. And we're also also not uh, not going to go number two on somehow the most amazing thing I've may have witnessed in my life. Uh, two, the number of Matthew sisters that Joseph Norton and Mr. Bradley Pizel <laughs> were able to convince to marry them. I mean, it's it's oh. it's truly unbelievable this number two we have here. But uh, you know, Adam Thielen comes out talking trash about his quarterback, ends up with twenty eight and a half points. Uh, who knew it was so easy? to criticize another player on your team and, and up his performance. If that were truly the case, uh, Jimmy Mathias would have done a lot better at App State after Joe reamed him numerous times. <laughs> um, but anyway, I felt like it was uh, a big win for Mike. Obviously, it's going to move him up the standings further ahead of me, which I certainly don't enjoy. But uh, as we'll get to it a little bit later in this recap, I think your boy's on a good track. Yeah, great. Uh, finally, Mike gets on the board. Good to see you there. Good for him. Long time coming. Uh, hopefully, he can continue it going, but uh, not too much, right? He's, uh, I, I believe he's, which division is he in? Is he in my division? Or He's in mine. I want, I want Mike to be yours? good. I need Mike to be good, but not great. Good, no, not he's great, not Mike. in your division. Are you sure? Mike's not. Yeah, I'm positive because the two one and two one and four teams oh, are screwed up. That's so. true. Well, I'm, I sort of meant worst record, you know. Okay, thing. I got you. I got you. All right, moving along here, we got two girlies, one cup. That is me. I move on to four and one. I was playing the Johnny Commissioner Horseshoe Collector. He is down to two and three. A pretty decent matchup here, and let me tell you something. My hands were sweating the entire night, okay? I got to go against – I got – all I got is – I got Robbie Gold, San Francisco. I'm up like 30-something points, 35 points or something, and I'm nervous with Robbie Gold because Robbie Gold is good as gold. Who does he got? Johnny's got Landry going. And who else did he have going that night? I think that's all he had. Maybe uh, I think he just had Landry going. Anyway, so it was the night before too. Oh, he had uh, he had Kelsey going the night before, and I'm sitting there every time. I'm like, "There's no way this is going to happen. I'm going to easily win this." And then all of a sudden, what happens? Robbie Gold misses its first field goal. Okay, negative or goes down to zero. Must have been Landry a Chicago starts- Bear. Landry starts catching balls all over the place. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, horseshoe again. Nonetheless, my boys pull it out. Robbie Gold still missed another field goal. Got me two points. But thankfully, Baker Mayfield can't throw it to can't, – can't throw it to anybody. He got minus three points. Minus point three points. Just an atrocious uh, performance by the Browns. Landry only goes for nine five. Thankfully, I move on to four and one, um, and that's all I got to say about that. Finally, I think that's my first win ever against John. First win ever. 
Yeah, well, I, I don't know if it's your first one ever. It very well could be considered your record. But what I do know is on the group chat, it felt like it was a prepubescent teenager uh, talking about a poor angle on an Instagram photo with all the bitching and complaining you were doing up by 20 plus points the entire That's night. That's because so. I know what happens. We all know what happens when people face John. Everybody except for Chaz. We all know yeah. what happens. That's Something, true. Some miracle happens for John and John ekes out a victory. It's absurd. Well, it's, and it happens the, all the time. Until touchdowns become 20 points, I think we can calm down on the bitching and complaining when you're up by <laughs> 20%. All right. What's next? Uh, I think we ought to go to Turn Your Head and Golf from yours truly. Uh, oh. Versus No Rushing Collusion, Mr. Eric Pittman. Pittman, buddy. Sorry. You caught your boy on a heater. We all knew it was coming. Y'all might not have, but I knew it was coming. The number oh. of the week, 93.9. No. This is not the exit velocity for any home runs that Eric might have hit in college. <laughs> it is most certainly not the uh, number of uh, grades that the, the grade point average that he might have received at App State or uh, <laughs> in, in any of those criminal justice classes. And it's most certainly not the speed of that throw down to second base which hit Mr. Joseph Norton right square in the sternum many years ago. I mean, my team came out of the gate like gangbusters. We hit Pittman harder than a straight right at the Pike House on the front step. I mean, this this game was over at 3 p.m. I enjoyed it. It was my first one of the season. Let me bask in it. I mean, that's all I got for you. It was just domination. Then 93.9, if you're wondering – that's what the three bench players that I had happened to score. Mr. Will Fuller, <laughs> Matt Breida, Michael Gallup, totaled up to 93.9. Those three guys, by the way, would have bit, beaten Pittman's entire starting lineup. So That's amazing. Just I mean, absolutely absurd. I mean, I feel like my team is just – we're hitting our stride at the right time. We might just run the table on this thing. 197 points is no joke. I don't know what the record is, but that's got to be flirting with something. Good. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's close. I just, uh, you know, again, I'm sure you're going to beat on it, as you like to do, but I, I missed some of the flex guys. It happens. When you have so many good flex options, you're bound to guess wrong. <laughs> I don't think he missed on much right there. You know, I, I missed on Will Fuller and Breed. I could have played those guys and eclipsed the 200 mark, but I got to leave myself something to strive towards. So, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll just take a 105-point victory and move on to the next week. Hey, sounds good. All right, moving along, we got the True Thirds, Chaz. Moving on to 5-0 and o versus Watch What You Say, Quan Rusty, 2-3. and three. Now his record – 181 points. Just point. You get points. You get points. You get everybody's getting points here, except for uh, Pittman's team. Um, the point differential here: 65 points. This is led by CM, CMC. He's got 44 points and New England's defense. No surprise. Another 18 points showing there. And basically every other starter on his team, except Lamar Jackson, outperformed their projected points imagine if lamar jackson had a just a normal day for him he's flirting around with with 197 points slip there hey, hey, um, only the greatest can go that high 
what it would have been just phenomenal was you if it was like you versus Chaz. That would have been absolutely epic. Anyways, uh, Rusty, 21.5 points. Yep, that's it. the combined points of Diggs, Woods, Waller, Gallman, and the L.A. Rams. Five players giving him only 21.5 points. Uh, Russell Wilson and Justin Tucker were his only bright spots. Um, and, you know, good God. I, I got a big question for you, though, right now. What are your thoughts on the commissioner's $100, $100 bounty. I mean, I, I love a good bounty. I mean, I'm not speaking from the perspective of Greg Williams down in formerly New Orleans. That was probably not a great situation, but I like something that spices the league up. Um, Do you think it's possible, though? I mean, the guy's just throttling people. It's not even close. Yeah, I mean, Chaz is just in one of those – he's just in one of those streaks where he's kind of guessing right and things are going his way. Um, He's certainly uh, got some bad karma. Believe me, I've known that guy since he was like five years old. He's got some things coming to him. It's just got to come around sooner or later. Well, one thing I do know is his bench is worrisome. And once we get into these bye weeks – He's going to have to make some some severe choices, and we'll see if that pays off. He hasn't been very active on the waiver wire, so hopefully you can figure out, you know, once uh, these bye weeks come into play, how he's going to approach them. But good God, the guy's just on fire right now. I mean, this was, the same, this was the same guy that drafted three Jets one year that when the Jets were terrible and didn't even know it. So I have faith that sooner or later his team is going to come back to earth. Did he win that year? Um, we're just going to say no because I don't really know the <laughs> answer to that. All, All right. right wrap, wrapping this thing up. Sherlock Mahomes, Mr. Brian Phillips, against Miles of Chubb, your international traveler, Jerry Campbell. I mean, I don't really even know what to say about this game. I had high hopes that uh, two guys that have lived together for a long time certainly been very good friends for a long time would put together an epic matchup and it was kind of like uh an app state versus a uh wafford matchup on a saturday afternoon just not a whole lot to enjoy just land just pure land just that's all it was just just a bad performance from both sides the number of the matchup was one i'm embarrassed to say but that was the total number of touchdowns for each Managers, wide receivers, running backs, tight end, and flexes. One yeah, touchdown amongst all brutal. those guys. It was pretty sad. And even and even a little insult to injury. The benches, they were just pretty terrible too. So I don't really know what to say. I mean, I know Brian's been hit with some bad injury luck, losing Tyreek early. Uh, he's had some bad luck in the past. But to win with 111, you got you got to take that win and run. It was <laughs> it was just kind of an ugly matchup. I mean, you take the defense. The, if the defense scores five points for each of them, I mean that's ten points away from Brian, and that's fifteen, twenty points, twenty one points away from Jared. I mean, you take their defensive scores, which were just absurd. I mean, Buffalo's really good. But I don't think we knew that San Francisco was gonna do as well as they did against Cleveland, but good God, you take that 26 points away from, from Jared's team and they look abysmal. Just, uh, I mean, their defense was the highest score on his team. Yeah. 26 points. 
Yeah, by far. I mean, Tyler Boyd showed up a little bit for him, probably in some garbage time. Well, not really garbage time, but in a terrible matchup with their – or a great matchup for the Bengals in Arizona, but a terrible game to watch. Um, you know, ju- just one of those weeks. I mean, we, we've been there. I've had four of them, but, uh, you know, it happens. Yeah, it does. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, that'll do it for the week five rapid-fire recap. Hope you enjoyed it. U-G-L-Y, you ain't got no alibi, you ugly. Yeah, yeah, you ugly. The good, bad, and the ugly. All right, welcome in to the week six segment of Good, Bad, Ugly. We're going to go through what we thought were the good, bad, ugly from the week five performances. Slip, get us started. Going to start things off with the good from week five, uh, other than my dominating performance over Pittman. Um, big scores this week. I think we've all been sort of sitting around waiting for some big big numbers to pop up on the board. And, boys, we certainly had them this week. I mean, Aaron Jones coming through with a big number. Deshaun Watson, Will Fuller, thankfully CMC, keep pounding, big number. And even that Eagles defense, I mean – the one up 40 plus big days. God. So, I mean, it, it was a great week for big numbers to be posted. If you happen to have some of those guys on your roster, say if you had two, like some guy did, you probably threw up a big total score. So, uh, my good this week was people showing up in bunches, and they certainly did that. Wish I would have played Will Fuller. <laughs> well, my good this week, kind of along similar lines here, my good was yourself, Mike, and Chaz, um, just astronomical points being scored right there. Uh, just absurd, the 197. That's a difference of 104.64 points that you outscored Pittman. Um, and that 104.64 would have beat Jared as well. So – yeah, <laughs> the difference that you beat Pittman would have beaten Jared. So just an absurd amount of points. Glad to see Mike get on board as well with a victory, a 43 point difference there. And then for Chaz, I mean, the guy does it again, a 65 point uh, Delta there, 181 points. I don't know what else to say, but to have three guys go just banana lands, uh, just uh, that's an awesome good right there. And it's kind of scary as well. Cause do you got to put up 160 points to get a victory? Cause good God, I don't know if I could do that on a, on a weekly basis. Well, that, right, wouldn't, give su- me, that uh, wouldn't surprise anybody, but anyway, on to the next. <laughs> give me your bad. Who you got? My bad for the week. Sort of again, along the same lines is a lot of uncompetitive matchups in this league. Um, We've beat this hammer quite a bit, but, you know, Pittman's contest wasn't exactly very close. Um, you know, Brad fairly well got demolished, and, and, and Chaz pretty, pretty good a beat down on Rusty. So, um, you know, what were not a lot of close games this week. As much as you're uh, bitching and complaining, Joe, tried to suck us all into a close matchup throughout the end of the week, that matchup was never really in doubt uh, late. So, I mean, other than – other than the tallest midget contest between Brian and Jared, it was a fairly uncompetitive week. 
Well, my bad is going to go to Jared and Brian and both of their top wide receivers. In fact, actually, Jared's top three receivers, Julio Jones, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans combined for a solid 9.5 points. I'm pretty sure they didn't draft them in the top five rounds uh, to be scoring a total combined of 9.5 points. Uh, Brian's team, Odell Beckham, who knows what the hell's going on over there. Baker can't get him the ball. T.Y. Hilton, a rough night for him. They both score a combined 9.85 points. So both, so those five top wide receivers on their team together combined for 19.35 points. Uh, the fact that they played each other is, I think, even more astounding uh, that that occurred. But, God, that, that was bad. That was really bad to watch. Fantasy, man. That's how it goes. Yeah. All right, finish us off with your ugly of the week. My, my ugly is going to be a, a little bit abstract here, and I certainly don't mean anyone any ill intent. But uh, the week of the, the length of last week's podcast, almost an hour and a half long. Whoa, Joe, Joe, Joe was on his soapbox that week, boys. He was <laughs> he was getting after it. He, he, and, he and Jared were doing it. John's interview was nice and lengthy. I mean, it was uh, I, I needed to make three trips in order to fit it all in as I was riding around. But uh, we, we, we've got to get the, the brevity of the, the podcast under control. You boys are giving out too much information, trying to give all my competitors all the hints they need to try to beat me. I'm trying to move my way up the standings. I need to cut the podcast down in length so I can ascend like uh, the universe is telling me to do. Well, it didn't, you know, obviously given the uh, advice out didn't work. Yeah, John's, John's, you know, the commissioner's interview went a little bit longer, but he's the commissioner, right? We got to give him his, his due, his time. And, uh, yeah, I, I kind of went on a little soapbox there, you know, impromptu uh, thing that really pissed me off. Did I say anything that was not true? No, not at all. Okay. Okay. So, just for the record, all of that occurred. So, I mean, sorry. But, uh, yeah, we try to keep <laughs> it about a – we try to keep it about an hour. But, you know, sometimes we get a little off the rails. So. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to keep you out of the doghouse at the, uh, at the, at the homestead. The, uh, my pregnant wife doesn't matter. I rub her feet. Everything's good to go. <laughs> Be sure to edit out the part about your pregnant wife doesn't matter. <laughs> Anyways, my ugly goes to Pittman's team. This is just trash. Seven players combined for 49.14 points. He only had two players outperform their projected, and that was Freeman and Carolina's defense. Just an abysmal performance. I'm sure he's sick to his stomach right now driving around in his cop car just wondering what the hell he's going to do because if you look at his bench, it doesn't get much – doesn't get any better. Mayfield minus .8, Dorsett's out, Jones was on a bye, Ebron 1.3 points. I mean, who the hell is he going to put in to try and make up any points? It's just trash right now. I think he started off well, but he's going south quickly. And another win by you – and uh, Mike, and another loss by him, puts him right next to you. So uh, he's got to make some moves quickly. Joe, i got a question for you. What are Shoot. the odds that Pittman has asked someone that he has arrested in the back of his cop car a fantasy football-related question? 
<laughs> well, I the odds are four and thirteen. Of course they are. But I don't think he I don't think he would ask these guys because most of these guys are crackhead meth addicts, so they probably don't even know what the hell fantasy football is. I mean, I so, can just see Pittman like putting his lineup up against the glass, asking him who he should play, who he should sit. It just seems pretty natural in my mind. That seems like he would ask these questions to like the white collar crimes of Kernersville, you know, tax evasion, shit like that. Um, or he's just talk. He's getting on his radio asking his his colleagues, you know. His his fellow uh, cops. Hey, what would you get? What about a trade, Gordon? Gordon versus uh, Marvin Ingram. What do you think? What do you think? Maybe, maybe at some it? point he'll do like they used to do with the little octopus that they used to let pick Super Bowl winners. He'll put like two <laughs> two guys up on the board and have one of the dogs like pick which food bowl they want to go to, and that'll be the guy he flexes that week. Oh my god, that would be I phenomenal. Mean, he should I, actually post a video of that. I think he should. I mean, as bad as I'm going, I'm I'm fairly well certain I'm going to let my uh, almost a year old niece pick my flex team next week. So uh, stay tuned for that video. Well, I do know he does have the ultimate kind of aggression uh, reliever, and that is going going to the the gun range and just ripping off rounds from a fully automatic rifle at a target fifty yards away. So that was fun. Did that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that'll do it for Good, Bad, and Ugly. Trying to get out of a DUI without a lawyer will change a car wreck into a nightmare. It's not your fault. The car ran a red light, traveled the wrong direction, or hit someone or something. Here you are just trying to have a good time, shooting some blow off a hooker's ass after pounding a few old Milwaukee's, and the 5-0 blame you for driving under the influence. Who knew? I know. I'm Chaz Post, the Sanford Hammer. When stingy, corrupt cops take advantage of minorities just trying to have a good time on their EBT card, I get meaner than a junkyard dog. And I don't growl or bark. I bite. So call me, Chaz, the Hammer Post. I got a big dick and deep pockets. And the bigger your check, the better. I hammer these corrupt precincts for the biggest checks. I do more to get you more. And I don't stop until the size of your check satisfies you. Just listen to a testimonial of a satisfied customer. Daquan said, Man, I received the best attorney services ever from Chaz the Hammer Post. I was smoking two blunts, had an old English 40, and I ran a few stoplights, hit a tree, and eluded Popo for about 15 minutes before they charged me with the DUI. I'll admit, I'm a little bit nervous in that courtroom, but with Chaz's big dick and deep pockets approach, I was guaranteed that everything would be fine, and the hammer produced. And I left that courtroom with a big smile on my face and an extra fitty on my EBT card. You the best, Chaz. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. So if you have a pending DUI charge, a free 15-minute call could get you compensated for the injustice and racism of these so-called justices of peace. Call 1-800-YOU-ARE-VICTIM. That's 1-800-YOU-ARE-VICTIM. Call me, Chaz, the Hammer Post, and get the money you deserve.
What the fuck is happening with Miles of Chubb? I was going great. Lost week one. Slow start. Week two rolls around. Good chance I bounced back. Feeling good. Week three, high score. Feeling great. Week four rolls around. I lose. Eh, it is what it is. Week five rolls around. And Julio and Keenan Allen and Mike Evans all combine for less points than Austin fucking Hooper? What in the hell? Did my team, are they, did they already board a plane and go ahead and leave without me? <sighs> I don't know what to do, boys. I got to get out of town. Going to get on this uh, plane and, I don't know, maybe head over to Italy for a little bit. Then maybe head over. All right, welcome in to the voicemail section of the podcast this week. Uh, that you heard was Jared Campbell off on assignment, or actually right before assignment, decided to call in to the Hot Routes and Hot Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. Leave us a message. That was actually our only our second voice message, and he's a tad upset, won't you say? Yeah, I mean, I agree. If I was playing three NFC South guys, I'd probably be upset too. <laughs> I think he's he's his mind is in just bonkerville right now. He doesn't know what's going on with his squad. He's 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 basically just buckled up in his brain. He doesn't know what's what to do. He doesn't know how to adjust his team. His top three guys are scoring nine points total, and he decided he have to just leave the country. So there he is, off out in. Italy or something or London. Um, I feel sorry for the guy. I really do. Well, I mean, I feel sorry that he had a bad week in fantasy, but not really because uh, he's had some pretty good weeks too. So, uh, unfortunately for him, he just got a bad week. I mean, I don't know why he's so grumpy. He's over there in Italy drinking fine wine and about to make his way south to the land of the Spurs and probably going to take in a little football match at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. So, uh, there are a lot wor- worse places to be in life. Uh, I, I wonder what the Wi-Fi signal is like out there. Is he going to be able to make adjustments or change his roster? What if he screws up the timing of everything? It's like 6 o'clock there and 1 o'clock games. I mean, this is going to be epic for uh, when he gets back on the podcast to talk about his sort of like logistical nightmare he's, he's probably going through. It's like bedtime for Tate, and he's got to try to figure out what the hell's going on. <laughs> I mean, he, he might be better off let, letting Tate put that lineup together. I mean, the last week, you know, barely eclipsing 100 <laughs> for the second time. That was uh, that's kind of desperate times over there for Miles and Chubb and, and the oxymoronic title of the name as it is. Yeah, pretty rough. Well, needless to say, it was still good to get a voicemail. And just as a reminder – from all of us here at the Hot Routes and Hot Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. If you would like to leave us a voice message, we love to hear from you. I know there's a lot of GMs out there just dying to get their voices heard, so you can do that. Just go to the website, anchor.fm, search Hot Routes and Hot Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. There you can leave us a voice message. Uh, We'll probably play it since we don't get too many, so... Be creative. Let us know uh, what you want to hear. Here comes the boom or bust. 
All right, welcome in to the week six episode. Uh, we're going to go with the segments of Boomer Bus right now. I'm going to get us started off here, and I'm going to go with my boom. And I have been doing okay, not as good as my bus. My bus have been hitting pretty much every week. Uh, but I'm going to go into my boom this week is going to be MVS. You might know him as Marquez Feldes Scantling. On the bench currently, right now, on, uh, Johnny's, on Johnny's bench. And I'll tell you why he's on the bench. Last week, he put up a solid two-point display. But he's facing a bad Lions defense this time. The Lions are at home, or excuse me, at home. And this is going to be a statement game for Aaron Rodriguez. If Adams plays, he's going to have that number one corner locked up on him, and he's going to allow MVS to capitalize in that slot. MVS is going to go six catches, 119 yards, and a tuck sitting on Johnny's bench. He's my boom for the week. I mean, that would be a boom, except John's receivers are terrible, so he's probably going to be in his lineup. But anyway. Well, right now, at the moment, he's got Landry in, and he's got Sanders in. And he's got Auden Tate, who he picked up on his bench. But I I got MVS. I think MVS is going to be I mean, an an MVS call after the week he put up in week five, that's, that's pretty bold. I like where your head's at. It's a big boom. Big boom. Got? Go big or go home, right? Yep. Well, my boom is not going to be so much uh, of a stretch, but I feel like this particular player has had some pretty good weeks but has not quite reached his potential, which as a former owner – oh, I'm sorry. Am I supposed to say governor because we can't say owner when we're talking about players anymore? <laughs> but uh, as a former GM of this particular player uh, who I enjoyed very much, uh, I'm waiting and expecting Ezekiel Elliott to really show up this week. I mean, he's, he's at the New York Jets, which on the road, okay, but the Jets are terrible. And I know Darnold's coming back from Mono. I've had it. Not that bad. He'll be okay. I mean, the Jets are just a terrible football team right now. Uh, I think the Cowboys have finally realized that giving Zeke the football is the key to winning football games. Um, I'm sort of expecting Zeke to eclipse the 20 carry mark this week. Probably going to eclipse 100 yards, and I'm sort of feeling like it might be a two touchdown week. Um, wow! Since, since I'm facing, I'm fighting with Mike right now for the romper. Uh, I hope that doesn't continue very often for the both of our sakes, Mike. But uh, you know, I sort of feel like this might be Zeke's week to blow up. He's had some good games, but uh, this might be the week where he really shows his worth. We'll see. I don't know. Dak needs a rebound, and he needs a rebound too from last week. So. That sounds like a solid boomster right there. Um, all right, let's move on to bust. My boss, I'm going to go to Brian's team and Austin Eckler coming off of a decent week, 14.8 points, where Melvin Gordon saw limited action, right? I see Eckler taking a step back this week, and I got him only going for 45 rush yards, maybe three catches, 19 yards there, totaling about seven points, which – you know, I am pretty sure, as Brian knows, seven points is uh, going to be the lowest uh, amount of points he scored all week. But you got to expect Melvin Gordon to roll right back into his normal position. This is going to be a second week. He's going to take those 
those uh, carries away from Eckler. Unfortunately, he's going to be a bust. I do got one more, and this is Rusty with Stefan Diggs. Diggs checked out. He is checked out of mini. The dude is gonzo. He doesn't get. He doesn't want to play there anymore. He's facing Philadelphia. Thielen's the squeaky wheel, and he's going to continue to get his. But the coach there doesn't like the way that Diggs handled everything, and he's going to continue to disappoint. I think Diggs on Rusty's team goes for two catches, twenty-four yards, a solid three points. You might want to think about old Robbie Anderson, who's sitting on his bench right now with Sam Darnold coming back from kissing uh, high school girls. Um, but, yeah, I got Stephon Diggs bust, Eckler bust. Well, Joe, you're not going to like this, but my bust for week six is none other than Todd Gurley the second. Uh, I mean, it, we all knew or suspected at least that Gurley was not going to get the usage that he has in the past, which is certainly proven true. Uh, he's going up against a San Francisco defense, which is allowing the fewest points uh, to running backs this season. Now he's got a quad injury, which his coach didn't know about. He's got the bad knees, which everyone knew about. I mean, it's just kind of a disaster for Gurley's lower half at this point uh, of the season. Uh, Plus, I'm being a little bit self-serving because I need Gurley to stop bolturing touchdowns from uh, my boy Jared Goff. So, I mean, all these things should work together. Gurley's the bus this week. Goff blows up. I keep moving up the standings. What what do you want from me? That one's going to hurt. I, quite honestly, I think Gurley's going to put a solid performance in. I think he can go 20-plus here just to make a statement to say, I'm back, boys. All of you haters out there talking about my arthritic knees, this fake quad injury that I let everyone think that I have, and he's going to co- go gangbusters and go for 20-plus, guaranteed. I'll, I'll take I'll take the under on Gurley going 20-plus for a six-pack of homebrew. You heard it here first. Ooh. Ooh, six pack of home. I, first of all, I gotta get home brewing. You gotta take the bed. You can't. You can't not take it when it's out here in the public, public arena. Twenty points. We'll go nineteen and a half. I'll take the over. Are, are you? Are we really fighting over half a point? You just said twenty guaranteed. Nineteen and a half. I'll take the over. Nineteen and a half. Fine. Boom. You heard it here. Six pack of homebrew. I still don't like that bus right there from a a guest co-host yeah. rolling after my players. That's what happens when you bring on a wild card. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, that'll do it for boom or bust for week six. It's time for you make the call. All right, welcome into this week's edition of You Make the Call. Uh, got a lot of good reviews from this segment, so we decided to add it in, even even though we have a uh, a new co-host, a guest co-host here. So we're gonna have pit. Uh, excuse me, we're gonna have slip. Oh boy, that hurts. Sorry, but oh, I was God. looking at something oh, on my screen here and uh, got knocked off course there. So my apologies there. Uh, we're gonna have slip take uh, kind of get some of his thoughts on some things. So. All right, here we go. We're going to start it off. Minshew or Rivers, Pittman's team. You're the GM. If you are Pittman, who are you starting? 
Garner Minshew or Phillip Rivers? I mean, I'll probably make a call to Yahoo and see if I can't sub in, like, Brandon Cooks as a quarterback because neither one of those are very good options. But <laughs> really, I mean, I got to love Phillip Rivers, a Wolfpacker. I mean, uh, he, he's always been a good uh, steward of the Wolfpack Nation, uh, notwithstanding the facts that he has about nine kids now and can probably field a, a small football team. Uh, Gardner Minshew, on the other hand, Great mustache. I mean, it's hard to argue with a guy with a stash like that. But if I've got to pick one, I'm probably going to go P. Riv. Uh, just got a, l- a little more history to go with there. He's got a terrible throwing motion, but it's been pretty successful. Probably going to be a Hall of Famer, as weird as that is for me to believe. But, uh, yeah, I got to go P. Riv in that situation. So this is kind of nuts. So before this podcast started, before we started recording, he had Philip Rivers in the starting lineup. He's got Garner Minshew in the starting lineup now. He took <laughs> Philip Rivers out. This is this is insane. I just rolled in there, and I I you know actually I actually agree with this move. He's playing uh, New Orleans at home, right? Garner is uh, versus you're playing Rivers, who is also at home, but playing Pittsburgh. On Sunday night, and Pittsburgh's defense has actually been doing pretty well. And I, I just, I don't know if Philip Rivers is going to be able to do it. So I actually agree with Pittman on this move here. We'll see what the heck happens. But that was just kind of interesting to see that he actually did transition Rivers out of the starting gig. So we'll see if that holds true come Sunday. But uh, I think this is Pittman ju- just being a good Panther fan and playing anybody that's playing against an NFC South team. I mean, I like that where I like it. where his head's at. <laughs> All right, so you are Brian, and you got to choose between Duke Johnson or Ronald Jones the second. I mean, this is this is not even really a question for me. I mean, I think we all have those guys that we uh, unconditionally love in fantasy football. I used to have a man crush on Darren McFadden. I know Jared's had some (laughs) feelings for Lamar Miller in the past. I mean, we all had those guys. And for me, Duke Johnson's always been one of them. I feel like that guy's way better than his talent. Uh, His abilities are always better than his performance is shown on the field due to opportunity. Uh, Plus, I can't pick a Buccaneer in this situation. So I got to go with Duke Johnson. I'm agreeing with you on this, and here's why. He's playing Kansas City. And what Indianapolis showed the rest of the NFL is if you can keep Mahomes off the field while running the ball, you can beat that team. And I think that that's exactly going to be their approach. And he's going to get the rock 20-plus times, try to keep uh, Mahomes off the field, And I think, you know, Deshaun later on is going to have to throw, but they're going to run the hell out of that ball uh, and make Kansas City's defense, which is a sieve, try and stop them. You got Ronald Jones in a divisional game going against Carolina's defense away from uh, the U.S. That that that's just not I don't I don't see that. I don't see that going well for Ronald Jones. So we'll see if Brian keeps him in. Uh, but I'm with you on that one. That's uh, I, I think that's an easy decision. All right, let's see. You are going to be rusty now, and this is the uh, a case of the Robbies. 
So you got to choose between Robbie Anderson or Robbie Woods right now. Oh, the case of the Robbies. In this particular situation, I'm going to have to go with Robert Woods. Uh, obviously, as a Jared Goff stakeholder, I want Robert Woods to blow up. And also, as someone that drafted Robbie Anderson, who dropped him after his quarterback contracted mono, um, I just am going to need things to continue to go my way here. I'm going to go Robert Woods. I like the offense. I think it's a pretty good matchup for those guys. Um, although he, he's in San Fran with a pretty tough uh, defense, I, I think they're going to have to air it out quite a bit. And I'm just going to take uh, opportunities and targets for Robert Woods as opposed to uh, the terrible New York Jets and Sam Darnold throw into Robbie Anderson in this situation. Well, here's I'm going against the grain. I'm going to go with Robbie Anderson. Here's why. You got Odell Beckham Jr. on Monday Night Football ready to show himself and what happens. He he throws up like in his mouth four points. I don't even know how many points he got. So if they can do that to Odell Beckham, they sure as hell can do that to Robert Woods. And you got Darnold coming back who's playing the Dallas defense who's been shown to get worked up, especially on the outside. I They're playing at home up in New York. I think that Robbie Anderson's going to have this blowout game almost to a game to where if he was sitting uh, as a free agent, he would be the hottest commodity coming out. So we'll see what Rusty ends up doing. I'm going to take Robbie Anderson on this one. I just think that it's, uh, it's an easy decision for me if I was him. But what do I know? I'm 4-1. and one. So anyways, uh, moving along, you are Jared He's got to make tough decisions here. So, (laughs) Tyler Boyd or Mike Evans? Tyler Boyd or Mike Evans? Well, this is going to be the second hardest decision Jared's got this weekend. The first hardest decision he's got is what kind of terrible IPA he's going to be drinking in London because I know they don't know how to brew IPAs in London. I've heard terrible stories. It's awful beer, so I've been told. So trying to trying to find a beer that's suitable to drink over there is going to be its number one priority. But if you move down to number two between Tyler Boyd and Mike Evans, I mean, I think the number one receiver in Tampa Bay is kind of a toss up. It might be Chris Godwin. Um, so that There's being no might th- that <laughs> being is, said, I mean, until AJ Green comes back and Cincy, Tyler Boyd's the man. And although you got the red rocket thrown to him, which nobody's going to be very excited about. Um, again, I think just from a target and opportunity standpoint, I'd have to lean Tyler Boyd in this at this point. I'm on board with you and Tyler Boyd. Just looking at some numbers here. Tyler Boyd's uh, floor is a 4.8. Okay. He scored a 4.8. Other than that, he's done pretty well. Other than that, pretty much at a nine. Here's Evans' floor, zero. And he's done that once last week, but he also threw in a 3.8 week one. Now, he did have he did go gangbusters against the New York Giants and score 41, but he had three touchdowns. How often is a guy getting three touchdowns? This is going to be rare. He's going up against the Carolina defense, and as I stated earlier, traveling across, across the pond, Going to play Carolina's defense, a solid defense. Tyler Boyd's going to have – they're going to be slinging it all over the place in a divisional game. It's at Baltimore. That's an easy decision. Tyler Boyd is definitely going to outscore Mike Evans in this one. So I'm in agreement with you on that one. All right, so MVS, 
Marquez Valdez Scantlin or Jordan Howard? You or John? Who you got? I'm going to go MVS here. I mean, uh, again, as someone that I drafted, who was probably the sixth best. Well, maybe he didn't draft him. Did I pick him up after? No, some, I drafted him. Somebody yeah. got hurt, maybe. I picked him up early. Anyway, he was on my squad for a bit. Uh, unfortunately for me, he was about the sixth best wide receiver I had, which makes him John's probably number two. So I think, I think I'm going to have to go MVS for John here. I mean, Jordan Howard is very touchdown dependent. Uh, we really need the Eagles to start throwing the ball to Alshon Jeffrey up there. So, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go MVS here just because, um, nothing more than I, I like, I like having a little, dash in the last name that makes me feel like he's a special player so i'm going to go with him here i'm going to go with him as well and the way i see it john's new favorite team might as well be the green bay packers because he's got aaron Rodgers, aaron jones green bay packers defense valdez scantling on the bench you might as well just throw him in the mix aaron Rodgers you can go banana lands against detroit on monday night football um, so you might as well get the points that are going to be sitting on your bench if that's where he ends up. So I agree there. I think he should swap out, to be honest with you, Jordan Howard and put him in there. I think Minnesota's defense is just going to just wreck havoc in, uh, against Philadelphia in terms of run defense. I think Philadelphia wins that game, but I don't think that they win it uh, running the ball. I think that's going to be in the air. So I would choose MBS as well. We'll see what he ends up doing. Uh, moving along, Carson Wentz or Dak Prescott? You are Brad. Oh, Bradley. Let's see here. Who who do I like in this matchup better? Uh, let me take a little look here at the uh, situation we've got with Connor Air. I think I would have to go Dak Prescott here. I mean, I think a, a lot of things that I said earlier about Zeke apply. I mean, you're playing a terrible Jets team. They give the ball up quite a bit, which seems to lead to more opportunities uh, for Dak. Uh, I think the Cowboys have been struggling a little bit as of late. I think they're probably going to take their opportunity to beat up on one of the worst teams in the league and uh, really try to show everyone else in the NFC that uh, they're a team to be reckoned with. Whether that's true or not, I'm not really sure. But I know Jerry Jones and those boys out in Texas uh, like to put on a show, so they'll probably take their opportunity to beat up on one of the worst teams out there in the Jets. Uh, I'm going to say Dak Prescott uh, over Carson Wentz in week six. I am in pure disagreement here. Carson Wentz is going to win through the air in Minnesota because they're not going to be able to run the ball. So I'm going to go with Wentz here. I think Brett Prescott has two back-to-back bad games. They're going up to New York, facing a Jets team that ha- is finally getting their quarterback back. Uh, and they're, they're up there going to make a statement as well. Nothing would make Adam Gase better than to shove it up Jerry Jones's ass. And I think they are going to give him fits because they know how to beat him. And it's not running the ball, it's passing the ball. And that secondary for the Jets isn't too terrible. So I believe that Wentz is the better play here. And he's been burned on Wentz in the past. He sat him on the bench, I think, two weeks ago, and it cost him. Does he do it again? Does he make that mistake again by sitting Wentz 
and, and playing Dak where Wentz would have won him the week. So we'll see what happens there. Another Brad, your Brad again. Sammy Watkins coming off a goose egg or Kenny Galladay? I mean, th- this one for me is easy. This has got to be Galladay coming off a of, bye. Uh, I mean, I know the matchup's not great at Green Bay, but uh, Kenny Galladay is, is in a much better position than Sammy Watkins coming off an injury. I mean, it, it, is Watkins even guaranteed to play? I mean, as far as I know, he's questionable. He's, yeah, he's questionable right now. Yeah, so he's, you know, Houston's probably a pretty decent matchup, but uh, – you know, after a guy throws up a goose egg on you, now, granted, it was not the only goose egg of the week for Brad, so it only hurts half as bad. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, th- I think I got to go Galladay. I mean, he's well-rested. They probably have a pretty good game plan in place for the, the Packers. It's a divisional matchup. I feel like he'll show up in that. And, uh, you know, just can't trust Sammy Watkins. He's had injury problems as long as we can all remember, and they seem to be rearing the regular head again. I'm going to stick with you on that one. I think that's an easy decision. Um, hopefully Watkins doesn't come back to bite him in the rear end, but I, I think you got to go with Galladay on that one. All right, last one for you make the call. Your Chaz, DK Metcalf or Calvin Ridley? Oh, well, I mean, the initial reaction I have is a self-proclaimed Panther fan like Mr. Post should certainly not be playing Calvin Ridley if it's a toss-up. Yes. But, you know, on the other hand, we've got DK Metcalf, who, if memory serves me correct, Joe, you talked a lot of trash about him week one, saying he had uh, legs the size of goalpost, which I thought was a weird description of a six-foot-four, 230-pound <laughs> human pretty being. pretty sure it, I didn't say that. <laughs> that was Jared. Go, that was either Jared or you're just making shit go, up because you're on your fifth double IPA right now. I've only had four. <laughs> I've only had four. Go check the tape. I wrote a question out. I sent it to Jared. He didn't ask it, but you said DK Metcalf had legs the size of goalpost, which I don't know how they do things uh, up in Chicago at Crystal Lake, <laughs> but, you know, Goalpost wouldn't really necessarily be a, a, an accurate description of a human being the size of DK Metcalf. So uh, that being said, I mean, I, I hate to pick Calvin Ridley because he's a Falcon and part of me wants to never give the Falcons any credit for anything, but you know, DK Metcalf just seems to be sort of an afterthought in the offense. I mean, he, he started out okay, but I just don't really see him being a factor long-term for, The Seahawks, I mean, they really need to be feeding Chris Carson the ball, as everybody knows, about 30 times a game. So I'm going to have to go uh, Calvin Ridley here, and hopefully it'll be some reverse psychology, and Chaz will play him, and he'll throw up a a a one-and-a-half, and and he'll lose. But that's where we are. So so I'm playing Chaz, so obviously I'm a little biased here, but let me tell you what, I'm going to stick with Ridley. I think you should play Ridley because I don't think Ridley's going to do shit. But I do think DK Metcalf is going to go banana lands because the Browns are going to try and take away uh, Tyler Lockett, which nobody can take away Tyler Lockett. He's going to get his points. He might only get 12 or 13, but he's going to get his. But I do think that DK Metcalf Metcalf gets a touchdown in this game, and he is going to score more than Ridley going out to Arizona. So I hope he keeps him in there. 
I hope he does because he's going to get that 1.4 points or whatever you stated. So we'll see. I actually think uh, this is going to be a good matchup between me and uh, me and old Chazer. So we'll see what happens. But uh, that'll do it for this week's episode of You Make the Call Slip. How you doing? I'm Plip. And I'm Plop. You got yourself a dirty pipe. Reach, Reach for, for dude, dude wipes. wipes. Dude wipes are non-woven, dispersible man wipes. That's astrophysics for suck it toilet paper. And unlike the other wipes, dude wipes are fragrance free. So you don't get blindsided by a buttload of lavender. Let's see. Dude wipes are flush friendly, 100% biodegradable, send a percentage of proceeds to colon charities, and millions of wipes to our troops. You like our troops, right, guys? So, stop being a dick to your ass. Change your life by going to dudeproducts.com. Pick yourself up a dude wipe and take it. To the hole! So remember, kids, the human species cleans its own feces. And there's nothing more whack than a dirty crack. Go to dudeproducts.com for more information. matchups. Here we go. All right, welcome into week six matchups. We're going to get started before we get rolling, though. App State just scored a touchdown. We got a minute left in the fourth quarter. Looks like they're going to roll Louisiana, move to 5-0, and a great divisional win or conference win, I should say, for App State. They continue this wagon going on. Uh, looks like the only big matchup where they're going to be unfavored is going to be the South Carolina game here in a couple weeks. It would be awesome to get tickets down to that game. They're probably going to be sold out, but uh, that would be cool to go to. But big App State victory there, something that Brian doesn't know about because App State beat UNC. Anyways, moving along. Here we go. Two girly, one cup. That's me. Four and one record versus Chaz. Five and oh, unbeatable. Uh, I'm in a 129.83 projection. Chaz sitting at the 138.88. Seems like he's always projected at that amount of points, and he's favored 57%. Who you got? Well, I mean, as much as I want to see Chaz lose, as I think everyone in the league does, I mean, nobody likes to suck up. I mean, I, I think I'm going to have to go with Chaz in this particular matchup. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson, I feel like, is going to bounce back against a terrible Cincinnati team. Uh, Julian Edelman's got a great matchup, although he's questionable at the moment. The Giants are just a, an abysmal team. Um, I don't know. I just don't see a lot of good defensive teams that, that Chaz has matched up against this week. Uh, on the other side of the ball, you got Todd Gurley going up against San Francisco, Joe. I mean, you got Chris Godwin going up against the Panthers. We know that's going to end up in a bad day for old Chris. Um, you know, I, I just don't think the matchups are in your favor. Uh, I think this is going to this is going to result in Chaz going six and zero. Hopefully, he gets knocked off because uh, you know nobody wants to see him go undefeated. I think we can all agree on that. Uh, so just to throw that out there and make sure that we jinx him, uh, he should lose. <laughs> Here's what I know. I got Matt Ryan away, Tyler Lockett away, 
and then a kicker away and a Tennessee defense away. That's it. He's got DJ Moore away, McCaffrey away, Henry away, Ertz away, Ridley away. He's got five of his main guys away. Not good matchups. My boys are going to come in fighting. Gurley's going to go for 20 points. I'm going to get that six-pack, shove Nin- it in your face. 19 and a half. Right? All I need is 20. I win. <laughs> Anyways, I see this going two ways. Either I win and upset the hell out of Chaz, like 145 to 102, or I don't even break 100. And I got I to gotta keep this wagon going. So I think I'm going to pull this victory out here. I got myself winning 145 to 110. Um, and hopefully we can knock him, uh, knock, the, knock the champ, you know, down a peg and bring him back to earth. We'll see what happens here. All right, moving on. Game number two, we got John, the horseshoe collector, a two and three record versus Connor Aaron Brad, another two and three record. Uh, Johnny's projected currently at a 122.41, while Brad's at a 124.12. And Brad's also favored at 51%. Who you got, Slip? I think in this particular matchup, I'm going to have to go with Brad. I mean, I know the projection looks fairly close right now. Uh, Brad is currently having Evan Ingram in his lineup, who we know is not – uh, it has been ruled out for the game, so that projection is going to go up. Uh, looking at the matchups, I mean, he's got Nuke at, at Kansas City. That's probably going to be a shootout, hopefully. Uh, unfortunately for Brad, I hope a lot of those throws designated for Nuke actually go to Will Fuller. But, uh, you know, I think it's a great matchup for him. Adam Thielen, after pulling a Joe and yelling at his quarterback, is seeming back in the, in the offense. And so I think he's probably <laughs> going to have another good week. Uh, you know, Shark Jr., a.k.a. the Shark, against New Orleans. Uh, hopefully he puts a beat down on the Saints because we need, certainly need them to lose as Panther fans. I mean, I just feel like the matchups are, are leaning in Brad's favor this week. Um, you know, John's, John's got a decent little squad here. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't expect Aaron Jones to repeat last week's performance. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think it's he'll put up a good fight. I, I think this game will be close, but I see Brad pulling it out in the end. Well, I, I hate to go against my Bill, my brother-in-law, um, but I don't see John getting beat two, two weeks in a row. I, in fact, I don't think the horseshoes ever allow that to happen, and the fantasy gods don't allow that to happen because John's got to win. You know, if he loses the week – before he's got to win the week after but here's what happens he does not win unless he puts mvs in the lineup just make it an all green bay lineup here and you're gonna win no worries there i think if he does that he pulls out the victory over brad and brad's wondering what the hell is nick cage doing uh and he might actually have to change his name after dropping this game here but I think Johnny ends up winning this game. He moves on to three and three. Brad's wondering what the hell's going on at two and four. That's the way I see this one playing out. Moving on, we got no rushing collusion, a two and three record, and Pittman versus Sherlock Mahomes and Brian, a four and one record. A Pittman's projected at 120 on the dot, while Brian's projected at a 123.97, a 54% favorite. Who you got, Slip? 
I mean, Joe, do you ever feel like some years are just made for certain GMs? Like there, there's just something about this particular year that favors a guy. I mean, I, I think this uh, is it's like, I think it's like Chaz every year. Well, <laughs> well, maybe, but I feel like this is, this is just lining up to be Brian's year. I mean, he has some issues with Tyreek being injured early on somehow comes out to a four and one record uh, wins last week with an abysmal 111, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes with a little injury scare with the ankle, um, but he's playing against Houston. The over and under on that game's got to be in the fifties. I mean, it's going to be a track meet. That guy's just going to go, uh, as you've said many times tonight, Joe banana land. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think it's, it's just lining up to be his year. I mean, he's got, uh, not a lot of flashy names currently in the starting lineup, but I feel like they're just putting up points for him. I mean, Eckler, I think the Chargers learned last week that Eckler's probably a better back at this stage of the game than Melvin Gordon. I still love you, Melvin. Thanks for last year. But, uh, you know, I just feel like this is Brian's year. He's just sort of got the right guys in the right place. Uh, as we know from Pittman uh, last week, it's just uh team not so good. So, we're just going to have to to roll the dice, I guess, and see what happens. But I'm going to go with Brian in week six. Well, I'm sticking with the dogs. I've already taken two of them. I'm going to stick with this one here. I think Pittman bounces back, and he actually wins this one by the hair of his chinny-chin-chin. And that's a red hair, by the way. Um, I do believe that Gordon gives him the points he needs. Kamara's going to do what Kamara does. Josh Gordon gets in the end zone once, and Minshew is the guy that carries him. That's the way I see it. And I just don't see this happening from Brian. I think Brian's going to end up hitting a little skid here, maybe two games, maybe three games. But I don't think that he can keep this going on. So I got Pittman in this one on the upset, 129 to 119, a 10-point win there. So I'm going to take – I'm going to take Pittman on this one. All right, moving forward, we got Mike in points versus wins, a one and four record. Welcome to the win club versus Jared and Miles of Trub overseas across the pond, a two and three record. Projections closest of the week slip 124.85 for Mike. 124.43 for Jared. 50% favors on either side. Toughest matchup to choose. Who you got? I mean, I, I think I'm going to have to go with Mike in this particular matchup. I mean, I, I think, again, the Kansas City-Houston game is going to be a track meet. and I feel like Deshaun Watson is going to capitalize uh, on his breakout performance last week. Uh, I've already told you Ezekiel Elliott is my boom for the week, so I feel like he's going to really step his game up. Uh, you know, Jared's playing a lot of NFC South guys for a Panthers fan, which pains me to say every time I look at his roster. Uh, he's also got Chris Herndon in the lineup currently, who is sitting he's- on a stout 0.00 points and also pulled his hamstring earlier. So, Well, um, he just came off suspended in fairness, but he did pull his hamstring. He may not play, so we'll see what happens. Exactly. So starting out, I don't really feel like this is the week he's going to get uh, – he's going to enter the point arena. So uh, I feel like this is Mike's matchup to lose, and, and I think Jared's over there drinking wine, not paying attention, probably going to look at some West Ham scarves or something. Who knows? I mean, they're actually relevant in the Premier League table this year. So Jared's focus, it might be elsewhere. 
I mean, I think this is this is Mike's matchup to lose. I think he wins big in, in week six. I'm going to agree with you um, for all the reasons why you gave Mike, but here's why Jared loses. If Herndon doesn't play, he's going to have to drop someone. Who knows if Adams is even going to play? He's questionable. Um, and like we talked about earlier, I think he's got to put Boyd in to give him a chance. But I think the biggest thing here is this Herndon guy. I tried to get him. I put bids in for him. But he doesn't have another tight end on the roster. And I don't think he's paying as close attention as he as he would if he was back stateside. So I'm going to go with Mike on this one as well. He's not an underdog, but I'm going to take him to win this one and send Jared just going nuts, not knowing what the heck to do. So I got Mike winning that game. All right, last matchup. We got Slip yourself, buddy. Turn your head and golf a one and four record. Welcome to the win club Thank versus you. Rusty. What the hell are you doing over there, man? Sorry. It sounds like so, a freaking sorry. I dropped uh, my pen. Heard of elephants walking. Drop, drop my pen there. Must have been the IPAs talking. Uh, versus Rusty and watch what you say, Quan. Um, he is currently at a two and three record. Uh, you are favored. Slip this game one twenty seven point nine seven versus a one nineteen point seven. A favorite of fifty seven percent. Who you got, Slip? I mean, I, I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I think as everyone has seen last week, there's a lot of potential on team turn your head and golf. And I feel like my boys are just starting to turn the corner here. Uh, as a wise man once told me, I'm a bitch on paper, and I feel like my boys are, star- <laughs> are starting to get fired up at the right time of the season. I mean, as you mentioned earlier, Joe, Stephon Diggs has been struggling, uh, had him in the past, loved him, but I just don't feel like this is his year. Uh, I just – my boys are, are starting to get rolling. We've got some good projections across the board. The question is going to be, which of my great receivers or running backs on the bench do I play? I mean, it's a tough t- tough decision. i got a lot of good options over there. So uh, just have to evaluate, uh, as Jared likes to say, dodge injuries and guess right and see what happens. But I like myself in this matchup. I'm going to stick with you as well. I'm going against the grain here, not taking the underdog. I just think you're going to have too much firepower. Send Rusty into a uh, two-game losing streak here. You're going to go the opposite direction in a two-game win streak. I think this is going to be one fairly easy for yourself, and I don't think with Barkley out, Gallman out, Waller on a bye, uh, Brown on a bye, I just don't think he's going to have enough points to get it done i think you win this one easily i'm gonna go 130 to 119 so i'm gonna give him his projection but i just don't it's not gonna be enough to win so i got you taking that one slip hopefully you can get to two and uh two wins there two and four record will put you right back into the mix uh moving forward on to week seven where everybody's gonna have to be dealing with uh, bye weeks and who to put people in, which guys to put in, all that fun stuff. So, um, you got anything else to anything else to finish us off here, huh? Anything? No, I don't. I mean, I think I'm good over here. I mean, the Mountaineers won. I mean, the podcast went yep. smoothly. I feel good about things. We might have ran a little long here, so I'm going to blame this one on you. But uh, <laughs> I think for uh, for both of us here. <laughs> And for everybody at the Hot Routes and Hot Takes Fantasy Football Podcast, we want to say thank you and thanks to, thanks to Slip as our guest host. 
and I'll take it on for Jared unless you want to. Uh, but dodge injuries and guess right. Woo! Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Hot Routes and Hot Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. Just as a reminder, if you'd like to get in touch with us, there's a way to do that. Please go to anchor.fm website or the Anchor app. Search Hot Routes and Hot Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. There you can leave us what's called a voice message. We'll receive that message, and if we like what we hear, we may feature it on next week's podcast. For all of us here at the Hot Routes and Hot Takes Fantasy Football Podcast, dodge injuries and guess right.